lads let's get into it i am mal foster and you ah yeah i know what you've been doing this week oh i know but don't worry i'm not going to tell anyone you know why because of that pinky swear we made what you mean you don't yeah you do remember down down at old man johnson's farm yeah you were wearing that raspberry well come on you must remember i was Yeah, yeah it was when i was working at the five and dime yeah, Mr. McGee. Yeah, that idiot. You used to call me leisurely or something. To which I would say, Oh, look, McGee, I'm the only one doing any graft around here. You're barely in the shop at all, as it is. And, by the way, while we're talking about this, that delivery you said yesterday was going to be here by half past two didn't turn up until four o'clock. So, guess who had to stay late, putting it away? Yeah, now who's leisurely? Or leisurely? Actually, come to think of it, leisurely doesn't sound any better. Both words are really weird-sounding. Leisurely? Leisurely. Leisurely, leisurely. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is I said, Oi, look, Ian McGee, I am sick of this. I do all the graft and you give me all the grief. No one ever makes me a cup of tea and you all expect me to do everything. Well, I'm done. I'm sick of it. Frankly, I have been sick of it for a while and this is the breaking point. You know, so, McGee, you can take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. And then we ran out because he is a bit scary. Yeah, I mean... You know, there is that rumour that he pushed his own sister out of a window. So, yeah, I'm not hanging around for that. Anyway, we got in your car and we drove really fast all the way down to Johnson's farm, bypassed the field full of cattle mutilation, didn't even bat an eyelid, and we went into the barn and we made that pinky swear. Yeah, you remember? The one where you said you would never tell my secrets and I would never tell your secrets. And I don't know about you, but I take pinky swears deadly serious. And if you know what's good for you, you better take them serious as well. Speaking of things that are good for you, you better stop doom scrolling right now. I mean it. I mean it. Put that phone down. Get yourself out of that endless loop. Stop checking your timeline. Stop checking your feed. Stop rotating. Stop repeating. Stop rinsing. Stop repeating. Stop rinsing. Stop repeating. Stop it. It's one thing to be informed. It's another thing to constantly be falling down rabbit holes of horrible. Let's face it, guys, the end times are coming, the apocalypse is edging ever closer, and we cannot stop it. All we can do is just have a good time and make ourselves as comfortable as possible before the earth is completely scorched into dust. So, here's what I suggest. If you do not have a padded panic room or your own bunker in the backyard, then don't worry, because you can make a sort of substitute version doing this. Exactly this. Exactly as I say. Grab yourself a duvet, preferably one that's been recently washed and smells quite nice and fragrant. You know, that always helps. So grab a duvet, grab some comfy pillows, grab a pet if you've got a pet. Preferably one that is very snuggable because, believe me, look, it's going to get bleak. It's going to get really bleak and you're going to need some snuggles. So grab your snuggly pet. Also grab some pet food because they're going to get hungry. And when they do, they're just going to bitch at you. And, And let's be honest... They're just going to ruin the whole thing. So 
Make sure you get the pet food, get some snacks, some supplies, bring in plenty of empty plastic bottles so you can pee in them. That way you never have to leave the bathtub. But most importantly, the thing that you need more than any of those things on the list is an electronic device in which you can listen to and subscribe to this show, Dimed Out, because that's going to help you in some way, I, I guess. Yeah, sure, why not? It's definitely going to help you. Yeah, so while snuggling your pet and peeing in the bottle, you can subscribe to all the episodes we've had so far. And if you've already listened to them, then then I guess you can just listen to them again and shut up. If you haven't, <laughs> then you're in for a treat. You are in for a treat. You've got ten great episodes. The last one is especially great because I did it with my mum and I'm totally biased. And if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely check it out. But yeah, ten episodes, eleven, including this one. So uh, yeah, do that. And now we'll see you through the end times. Well, actually it won't, but it will keep you preoccupied until the Earth is just destroyed. So, you know, every cloud in that. In all seriousness, if you have subscribed to the show so far, if you've given us a rating and a review, which definitely does help us, that absolutely does help us, and if you've been telling your friends, which you totally should be doing, then thank you so much. If this is your first time listening to the show, and you've made it this far, then don't worry, it does get better. And I'm about to prove that in just a few moments. We are about to jump into the first of a two-part episode. And the reason it's two parts is because we're trying something different here. I got a little bit of feedback quite recently saying that for the longer conversations, you may want to try and split it in two. And not have just one big massive episode, but two shorter ones. So that's what we're trying here. Yeah, we're going to give it a go. We're going to see how it works. And my guinea pig aka my guest for this week and for next week, is Sean. He is one of my best friends, someone I've known for a very long time, someone I love very dearly, and somebody who I'm just so pleased he agreed to be on the show because it was an absolute blast having him on, and I think you're going to really dig both of these episodes. This one in particular is a real mixed bag of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's just full of just random side tangents and topics. We're talking about working from home, what that's been like for Sean, what life during the whole pandemic and lockdown era of 2020 has been like for Sean. We talk about structure and scheduling forming new habits we get into a weird topic about old-timey medical techniques including trepanning or as i call it in this episode triphony that's the old you know drill to the head kind of thing we talk about iron lungs just a whole weird subsection of old-timey obscure medical stuff in there if that's your kind of thing you can look forward to that if it's not we we talk about something that is just mind-blowing that absolutely shatters an illusion i've held since i was a teenager an absolute mind-blowing revelation occurs how about that for a tease and if that's not enough we also talk about the only person i've ever met who suffered from narcolepsy anyway this is it this is me talking with sean i hope you enjoy it How are you finding working from home? We've talked about this a little bit. I, I am absolutely ten out of ten for it. Um, <laughs> I I cannot I cannot stress enough how much I'm enjoying being at home and being at work. It, honestly, it's it's crazy because because of this the type of job I do. I tend if I'm in the office, I tend to get. I don't want to say bothered because that that gives the wrong impression, <laughs> but 
I do get I get a lot of people coming up with kind of walk up inquiries to my desk, and sure. a lot of the time it'll be the same thing. Sometimes within the same day, but generally day after day within the same week. Mm-hmm. What I found though after being at home is that because people either struggle to get hold of me because I'm in meetings on Teams, so they can't just kind of walk up to me, you know, as if I was just sat on the phone in the office, people would still just walk up and start talking at me. Yeah, or hand um, you something. Yeah, or send yeah. me an email. Or and because because it's kind of I have to explain how you know they need to do something rather than me just doing it for them because it's quicker, so I can get back to whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. A lot, of, a lot more people are just they're either asking me once and then learning because they're having to do it themselves or more often than not, they're just figuring it out themselves, which makes my life a hell of a lot easier because <laughs> it just means that there's, there's less, less questions that I'm having to kind of answer that I don't really need to answer because I know these people know these things. Right. It's just a, I suppose a habit of having like a fallback of, well, I'll just ask you because you're here. Yeah. It gets so. people out the, the, the convenience of of getting an answer from you instead of spending the time to just sit down and think about okay how how would I do this yeah or as you say listening once you've told them and then kind of knowing that I can't keep coming back yeah exactly it's kind of like a, a long distance in at the deep end version of learn by doing I suppose <laughs> yeah I guess I guess that is pretty yeah. much what it is they haven't they haven't got a choice so no it's, it's yeah I've I've enjoyed it I, I, at first I'll I did think, and when I spoke to a few people in the first kind of couple of weeks from the office, mm-hmm. asking them how they were getting on, everyone was kind of saying, you know, I just really missed, you know, the interaction and the people. And I was kind of going, yeah, yeah, I miss that too. I mean, it turns out I don't actually. <laughs> and <laughs> I, not again, not in a negative way, but just in more in terms of the, I, I still speak to people when I need to speak to them. And if I want right. to chat with someone about something, you know, I can ring someone or message them on, Again, on Teams or on Zoom or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't miss the, I suppose, like the distraction of everyone being there because you, I, I, I don't know what, you know, you're like in an office environment. And I would never consider myself a generally a nosy person. Right. But if there's some drama or someone's got some business and I'm in yeah. an office, I want in it. I need to know what, who, when. I don't know why because <laughs> I really, outside of that environment, I couldn't care less. But you put me in this office situation, I instantly start, you know, I'm just breaking out the popcorn. What did he say? Yeah. So what do you think about that? Don't worry, I won't tell them. <laughs> Ignore the pen and paper, that's just something else. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm not making notes, I promise. Um, I feel like the Rita Skeeter of the, uh, the office world. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to that though, because yeah, it's it's funny because I was I'm not that interested in in people's day to day business. That makes me sound like such such an asshole. <laughs> it really does, um, but I'm not. I, that's the truth of it. I can be generally quite misanthropic. I'm just like I honestly don't care. But if <laughs> if because where I used to work, our office overlooked um, the shop floor. The shop floor was underneath. I used to work at an AV retailers. For those who don't know, and um, it, the shop floor obviously was was the first was the ground floor, and all the offices were up above in like a little sort of apex mm. area. And there was like glass where you all around, so you could see all across across the entire shop. And as I say, I normally don't give a shit if someone's telling me about someone's boyfriend i'm just like all right whatever but the minute someone says oh 
Timmy's brought in his new girlfriend. They're on the shelf floor. He's like, oh, God, let's have a look. If I, if I worked in that fish tank kind of environment, I would get nothing done. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one, no one ever does. If, if the managers were in, then yeah. But as soon as, as, soon as like, any sort of managerial presence was out, everyone was just like, it, it was a bit more relaxed. And yeah. people were just looking out. And you would look at people just sat behind the desk Obviously, <laughs> like Candy Crush and stuff, and you're like, God, he hasn't done jack shit today, has he? And you're just stood yeah. there doing nothing yourself. I remember when I one of my first jobs in, was after after uh, after college was in retail, and <laughs> the, the two things I remember fondly about that job were number one, lying to get it. In that, <laughs> after I finished college, I knew damn well I was going to uni, but when I went for my interview at this this place because it was supposed to just be a first summer job yeah. said so you're going to go to university now you finish college and i just said no i've not really thought about that it's not for me i don't i don't think i'm going to get in anyway i knew i'd already got in at that point so <laughs> when they were the chicken dinner <laughs> um and then i remember whilst working there because <laughs> the shop itself the front was on a like a i don't know it was it was, it was it's like a, a outdoor shopping mall sort of thing it's not mm. a high street but it, it was kind of a high street all pedestrianized area okay and um I remember an, an old woman walked past the front of the shop once and a dog just took this massive shit just right outside the, the door of the shop. And the manager at the time for the store picked up the, the desk phone and our desk phones in the store, I've never seen any of the phones like this, had this function where you could dial a number and then it turned every other phone in the store onto speaker and projected what you were saying. So it was like a, a weird telephony PA system. It was bizarre. That is weird. So we dialed this number, and this way, you know, all you heard was, pick up your dog shit, and then just put the phone down. So he basically used the internal telephone system as, as an outside tannoy to the woman who just let her dog curl one out. Yeah, basically, he was... That's, that's great. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. He was doing a public service. Right, <laughs> But also, exactly. he was doing a bit of public shaming as well. Yeah, someone once told me, and, and this is weirdly enough, this was in my first job when I was 16, 17. Someone once told me that when you see um, chalky white dog poop, it's because the dog has been naughty and eaten chalk. And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and at like 16 or 17, I was like, oh, okay, makes sense. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> dogs always have a readily available pack of chalk. Yeah, for when they're feeling naughty. They've always got access to just, like, sticks of chalk when people are just still using it on blackboards. Do you think that's, like, the equivalent of dogs smoking? If you see a dog with a stick of chalk hanging out its mouth, all the other dogs are like, oh, he's a badass, he's a badass. But then some other dogs look at him and think, I want to be like him. Yeah, It's like the James Dean of the dog world, except instead of leather pants and tight jeans, it's just chalky dog poops. <laughs> just, a, just a border terrier with, like, a stick of chalk hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. Hang, hanging on a street corner, just brushing against the brick wall. <laughs> yeah, and what? Yeah, I slit my collar today, and what? Yeah. <laughs> Outside of working from home, how have you been doing with, with pandemic as a whole? Um, I like to just shorten it to pandemic. It's much easier. I also feel yeah. like it makes us seem like we're all inside of a real-life action movie as well. 
not to be confused with the board game pandemic. <laughs> or that, yeah, board game yeah. pandemic, or the, the really terrible movie Birdemic, which <laughs> some of the finest CGI ever crafted. Have <laughs> you ever seen that movie? No. <laughs> oh, it's horrendous. But for all the right reasons. It's a film recommendation right there, Birdemic. I think they made a sequel as well. Oh, brilliant. It's, it's, Birdemic it's, too. It's, it is the worst graphics I think I've ever seen, period, in anything, like throughout the decades. It's just so jarringly, obviously unreal. And yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I feel like I've seen some clips of the CGI of that film in some kind of top 10 worst CGIs. Oh, yeah, probably at number one, because it's, it's dreadful. <laughs> yeah outside of work the pandemic pandemic's been again i think for me personally good Mm -hmm. i know a lot you know a a lot of people have gotten ill a lot of people have died a lot of people lost their jobs their homes and all the rest of it and there's a lot of bad stuff that's come out of it but you know from a, a personal point of view it's been quite good for me just as a general stay-at-home introvert anyway because it mm-hmm. just means that rather than it feeling like, oh, I'm wasting my life because I'm not going here or there or well, I need to go and be doing that, I kind of, you know, reassure myself with the, oh, I can't go there anyway, so I might as well stay at home and do something instead, which has been good. And, yeah, no, I, I have – I don't want to say enjoyed it because all, all these are kind of like really – I know like, you should try and find the positive in situations like this, but it does feel quite arsehole at the same time to say, do you know what, I bloody love this pandemic. <laughs> no, no, not at all, because you, you latch onto something that is generally, I, I think, the, the way to go. If you've found positives from it, totally grab onto them. You know, mm. Obviously, as you've acknowledged, people are having a, a hard time with it. You know, Everyone, to various degrees, up and down the scale and based on their situation, is, is dealing with it differently and, and having a harder time. Than mm-hmm. others, but you know, you don't. It, when you say that you are in, enjoying it, that's not taken away from that. That's just you focusing on the positives of it. And ultimately, yeah. for me, that's been the way to sort of stay afloat and survive is just find things that are positive and just kind of harness myself onto them and just stick with that and kind of push them forward. So yeah, it's not a bad thing for you yeah. to say that. You know, I mean, it's not like you're discrediting anyone that's had a shit time. You're acknowledging it. You know, it's just you personally seem to have kind of thrived in this environment i would say yeah i think one of the, the really good things has been that before all this we were you know me and rachel were kind of getting up and going to work leaving the house at seven mm-hmm. and i'll get home about six sometimes rachel won't get home till seven eight o'clock at night and then she might have a call at like nine o'clock at night or something like that whereas now you know i get up and i'm, I'm at work i mean the commute's been pretty good for the last three four months i must say from the bedroom to here you know that's good <laughs> <laughs> fairly traffic free um because i'm kind of getting here and because i'm at work at home sorry and like i said i've not got the constant distraction of being in the office at the time it gets to five o'clock and i'm not thinking oh i should probably do another hour because you know i didn't i didn't manage to get through this today or i didn't manage to get through that today so i'm kind of clearing stuff a lot quicker as well mm-hmm. which means that five o'clock comes i'll log off to shut my laptop down and like oh, i'm already at home so then i want to go and start something i can go outside and start something like mess around in the garden go and mess around in the garage for an hour or two hours and it, it's only seven o'clock you know it's they've got the still got the rest of the evening yeah it's just, yeah like things like that have been the, the the really 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 big positive from all this yeah for um, sure. i think another big thing as well and this is something i was afraid of myself personally going back on after this all kind of calmed out of it was that 
I had a habit of, say, midweek, getting to about maybe six, seven o'clock, thinking I'm a bit bored. Or we'll go to Trafford Centre, we'll go to, you know, a sh- just sh- some shopping centre or a retail park or something just to wander around, just for something to do. Yeah. And then you kind of go and then end up eating out and then you might end up buying some thing that you don't need or really didn't ever intend on buying and it's just a waste of money. Right. And then you kind of come home at 10, half 10 and you think, I wasn't, I wasn't bored for a few hours. And then you think back on it, you think, yeah, I was, I was just bored somewhere else. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't really achieve anything. I didn't gain anything extra from going there. I didn't reduce my boredom levels by such an extent that I thought, oh my God, I'm having such an amazing time. I can't believe it's 10 o'clock already. Mm-hmm. It, and I was really afraid that once all the shops came back open again, I'd kind of just slowly slide back into that routine and of oh, I'm bored during the week, let's go there. But two things I think that have impacted that are, one, just the sheer terror of going outside in a group where there's a, a crowd of people is still... Like at the forefront of my mind. Sure, and it should be for everyone, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should still be like the number one thought, definitely. And then secondly, I feel like I've kind of broken the cycle now of I'm bored, so I need to go to this place. Whereas now I'm like, I'm bored. Okay, well, I think, well, what, what can I do at home first? Is there something I can make or do? You know, something I could, I've got like a genuine output of this action, and here's something I can see at the end of it that's, you know, not cost me 60, 70 quid. Yeah, or anything like that, you know. It's but it, it, you know, it's cost me three hours of my time, but I can sit and look at that for the next, you know, however long, kind of thing. That that's that's been a pretty good positive as well. Well, that and and just the knowing that you have you've and and it seems that this has been the case with you talking to you like weeks and weeks throughout this whole thing, and and it's it's kind of the case with me as well, and I identify with this sense of breaking old habits that particularly mm-hmm. weren't necessarily that detrimental but weren't exactly getting you places or weren't really fulfilling you in any way, and instead forming new habits which mm-hmm. do feel a lot more fulfilling, like you are making more of your time and you are feeling more accomplished and you have something other than just, as you say, like five or six hours killed. Yeah, something that you you really gained nothing from, essentially. Yeah, yeah, it's that. I don't know. Just just thought, like I said, the thought of having you know, you, you finished this three four hours of doing whatever, mm-hmm. and you either got the choice of okay, well, I can convince myself I wasn't really bored for those few hours, and I bought myself something that won't really cheer me up, and then I'll probably start worrying about money <laughs> in the next like you know ten minutes, and I'll get buyer's remorse. Or I can not do that and have something that I've got a genuine, you know, it doesn't even have to be, I suppose, like a, a physical, tactile output. It could just be, I don't know, you spent like three hours reading or thinking or something, you know, just, yeah. But yeah, it just it just feels a lot more positive, you know, having that time to do these other things, I suppose, like you say, breaking that, not necessarily bad habit, but a habit that really you didn't need and... Yeah, and it just doesn't have any sort of advantages to it, really, or a sense of fulfillment. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like you're actually... Because I, I feel with having the, the time and being in the situation I've been in is that it has made... I've, and for a long time, I've always tried to make the most of what time I have, but this has become mm-hmm. even more increasingly uh, a, an awareness within me is that, okay, this is a situation which, you know, thankfully isn't going to last forever. But mm-hmm. while we have it and while we are dealing with it and whilst we're in this situation, I do want to make the most of my time. And it's it's really helps us focus what I'm doing in, in terms of, of a day-to-day thing. Yeah, I think 
especially sorry, I'm just gonna have to open the window a second because I'm <laughs> absolutely cooking. <laughs> I think it, initially, again, for the first kind of maybe three or four weeks, that was definitely, definitely a big, a big part of my thought process for doing not so much major projects, but bigger projects at, at home. And you know, I kept saying, kept thinking to myself, and again, I probably said it to Rachel a few times. She said it to me. You know, it's a, we might as well do it now while we've got the time. And it's just because, you know, realistically, Monday to Friday for the first few weeks of the lockdown, especially when everyone everyone else at the office got furloughed and there's only a few of us left, there wasn't a lot to do. You know, there was a lot of downtime and it was kind of accepted across our office that there might be a case if you have like an hour spare during the day where there isn't anything to do. You shouldn't feel guilty about using that to go and do something for yourself, whether that's you might need to nip to the supermarket midday because it's quieter and you don't have to worry about going or you could go and weed the garden or something like that. So at that time, that was when we were trying to put the veg patch together. So we, we kind of used some of that time during the day to maybe go to the greenhouse and like sow some seeds or do some potting on and things like that. But yeah, I think definitely the very beginning of all this, I did kind of keep saying to myself, well, I might as well do it now while I've got the time. Oh, I might as well do that while I can't go anywhere. But I think now it's kind of just like a mantra that I don't have to say. <laughs> I think it's the same for a lot of people as well, though. You are kind of just, you do kind of find yourself slipping into that. Well, I'll do it now while I've got the time because there's nothing else going on. So yeah. I might as well make use of this time. And, you know, because again, it's, you know, it's a bad time and there's a lot of bad things that happen. But for a lot of people, this is, this is time that in the kind of world that we live in, we'll never get, we'll never get the same way again. And they did, didn't have beforehand because you're, yeah. having to, you're having to commute to a job and then commute back. And then you've got all these other things you know, that the outside world takes from you in terms of your allotted time that you're given. But because yeah. that's been eliminated, you've got more time at home and you need... And I think that's the thing, and especially why it kind of sinks in early for a number of people, is because you're forming a structure, because you've had that structure taken away from you, you've had that commute taken away from you, you've had those responsibilities mm-hmm. and jobs and chores and stuff that you would do in the outside world. And so you're kind of just left sort of floating for me this is me just speaking to keep me sane I've had to make a structure um you know when I first moved over here and I didn't I wasn't able to work I had to do a similar thing because I just had nothing but time on my hands and it was nice for like the first week or two it's like great it's like a holiday you just play video games watch stuff on tv but then after a while it's like yeah okay I feel like I I need to be doing something because otherwise every day just blends together and i feel like yeah. it have a purpose yeah you feel like you have to kind of you need that structure so you can almost at the end of every day say well this is what i've achieved and even if it's something as you know it might seem menial in the future but, you know things like okay well i got you know i got dressed i went out to this place i explored this area over here i learned about this you know on the internet or something those are all still things that that, that you achieved and you know had you not taken the first step of getting dressed you wouldn't have left the house then you wouldn't have explored this area which right. might not have piqued your interest in such and such a topic so then you've learned about that and uh, yeah i do i do think structure is definitely definitely important especially yeah, a time like this i did at first when i was the first week or so i thought i was struggling with structure in that i didn't really know what i was supposed to be doing at any point during the day which sounds really bad but i, I know how to do i know how to do my job <laughs> it wasn't like cooking sunday dinner at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a wednesday thinking, so, so wearing shoes on? On, your, on your hands going these gloves have shrunk <laughs> chasing after the milkman with the dustbin <laughs> but I, I was thinking oh you know I, I need some kind of structure because 
I just don't know what's happening kind of day to day at the minute and what I'm supposed to be doing at 11 o'clock on Tuesday versus 11 o'clock on Thursday. As it turns out, I, I, I did make myself a schedule of every day. It was get up at this time, eat breakfast at this time. And what I learned from that was I hate schedules. And if you tell me <laughs> I've got to do something at a certain time and it's not for work, I'm not going to do it. And even if I know I need to do it, I'm not doing it. Just out of sheer stubbornness. <laughs> so do you operate more with like a sort of floating to-do list? Like you'll have things that you want to get done in the day, but you don't like allocate, oh, that's got to be done at 11, that's got to be done at 4, at 5, yeah. doing this. It's just like a list of things that you want to get done, and it's just like, well, we'll see how the day goes, and, and I'll tick them off as I go along. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd get, I started, it was, I think my routine was something like, okay, I'll get up, and then I'll go for a walk outside the house. That was my... You know, one hour of Boris exercise time that I was allowed at the time. And then I'd come back, I'd have a shower, have breakfast, start work, work for two hours. Then it was break. And, and this this went on. It was like two-hour slots, two-hour kind of um, stints of everything, and then like half an hour or 10-minute breaks mm-hmm. for breaks and lunches and stuff like that. Day one, I got up late, couldn't be asked going for a walk, and I didn't want breakfast when it said it was time for breakfast. And I was like, well, this is going absolutely fantastic. But then I started getting really down on myself, thinking I need to stick to the schedule because without the schedule, my life's just going to fall apart and I will end up with the shoes on the hands and things like that. (laughs) After a couple of weeks, I kind of realized I didn't as much need that strict of a regimen. And a lot of it was purely down to the fact that work was just slowing down. Yeah. So there just wasn't as much to do during the day. And that's why I had these moments of like maybe, you know, 20, 30 minutes after finishing a piece of work, started thinking, well, now what? Yeah. Where do I go from here? But yeah, I I do think, I I do think the routine is important, definitely in times like this, but just don't give me a schedule. (laughs) I can't do it. What I've done, and I, I tend to find works if I stick to this, and it's 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 getting in that mindset. It's like a lot of things I want to do, it, I have the intention to do it, and sometimes I will for a couple of days, and then and then sometimes it'll just fall to bits. It's a thing mm. I found about called the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. No. Basically, it's it's like a way to work through tasks. If mm-hmm. and and this is pretty good for people that struggle to either concentrate on something for a prolonged amount of time, or or the complete opposite. If if like me, you have a tendency to just kind of latch onto a task and then just sit with it and plow through it for hours, which yeah. I will I will do. That I that's like something I'm really bad at, and this helps when I again when I do apply it is that you set out your tasks that you want to do for the day and you start with one of them. And usually I think the standard measurement is 25 minutes. You work on it without distractions, put your phone away, don't have any other tabs open if you're on a computer, et cetera, and just work solidly for 25 minutes. Yeah. And then you take a five-minute break and then you can you can check your phone. You can, you can dick about on Reddit, whatever you want to do for five minutes. Go go get a, a drink, go have a pee, whatever you need to do for five minutes. Those five minutes are yours for whatever. And then when that five minutes is up, you come back, you do another 25 minutes, just solid, focused work mm-hmm. on what you're doing, and then five-minute break. And you can do this in multiples. I've broken it up because in a way to help me combat just doing long stretches and to feel like I'm getting more benefit from it. And it, it works differently for everybody. Mm. Um, what I tend to do is is blocks of fifty minutes and then a ten minute break. 
Right, okay. So I'll work solidly for 50 minutes on something, just full concentration, nothing else, and then 10 minutes I'll just just walk away from it. Just actually yeah. get up and, and move away and go outside, look outside, whatever, for 10 minutes. And I find that helps because it kind of helps me get the tasks done, but I'm not just, as I say, sat there for like three and a half hours, four hours, just working on something. Because yeah. that's the thing, as much as, for me personally, as much as it has helped having things to do, I can get so lost in things. A, a thing mm. can be a time sink for me. Um, like editing shows, I can sit, because I have to listen to the whole thing. So if it's an hour, I have to listen to the whole hour, but it's obviously not that hour because I'm having to cut things. I'm having yeah. to sort of go back and structure, okay, this is where maybe we need to snip this off, etc. And so that can yeah. take a few hours. And there will be days, there'll be afternoons where I just sit and do the whole thing in one sitting. And it's it's just fatiguing. But I think yeah. using the Pomodoro technique has helped me just kind of like feel like I'm getting stuff done, but also mm. feel like I'm taking breaks and I'm not just falling down a rabbit hole of that and that alone. Yeah, I can imagine if you're doing something creative as well that it's really easy to get a, a kind of creativity or imagination burnout mm-hmm. and that you by using that, you kind of you're almost preventing it, or at least trying to reduce the chance of it happening. I suppose. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can I can see yeah I can see that would be quite a good technique actually. The only problem if you are working on something creative is if at the end of the fifty minutes you're just like, <laughs> oh, but hang on a minute because because this is this is going really well. I feel like I've established a groove here, <laughs> and it's like no no you just got to you got to leave it. And you're like oh god I'm going to forget what I'm thinking. So then yeah. That's when post-it notes come in handy and I'm just scrolling shorthand notes. just like, it technically doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> I'm not actually sat at my desk. It's fine. <laughs> I'm stood up. I'm out the chair. <laughs> yeah, the 10 minutes is spent just scrolling down ideas on post-it notes. They're just putting them all over the screen in, in, in an order that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, what does that even say? I can't even read my own handwriting. Gene X, 50 minutes spent reorganizing your post-it notes. <laughs> So yeah, that's how I spend my afternoons most days. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's pretty cool. I, I think, as I say, when I actually stick with it and I do practice it, I think it helps. Um, so yeah, if anyone's listening and you're just kind of struggling to concentrate on stuff, because there's been days where I have, like I say, I've lost myself in stuff, but there have been days where I just haven't even known where to start. There have been days where yeah. I've just stared at the rug in the, in the, in the library in the library, fuck me, it makes it sound like I'm living in an English manor. <laughs> in the study. That's no better, is it, really? Not even better, is it, no? no in, in the little office. We'll go with that. <laughs> There's been days after, after strolling the many acres of my mansion <laughs> that I've stopped and just stared deeply into the ballroom carpet and contemplated, <laughs> where do I even start my day? Where doth one start one's day? <laughs> Oh, for sake, this pandemic stuff affects me awful. Yeah, it's not so... I always feel like you're not experiencing the coronavirus, but maybe going through the Black Plague or something right. like that. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just wondering the estate with my plague mask on. Yeah. <laughs> the big, pointy beak. Yeah, unless some person behind you like throws rosemary on the floor or tries to shove a leech up your ass or whatever they did, I don't know. Drive a nail into your head. 
or, or trypony or whatever it was called where they used to drill a hole in your skull <laughs> yeah oh, you got a headache ooh gotta do some bloodletting <laughs> and I'll solve it I, what, do you know I was, I'd be really interested to, to understand from that time period and that logic is someone comes to you saying I've got, I've got a headache and you drill a mm-hmm. hole in the noggin and right. they die yeah. Right, okay, so well, headache's gone, so that's a start. Well, yeah. So if you're the kind of doctor, I suppose that is thinking a hole in the head is a good idea. You could attribute the death to the headache and think, well, it was so severe that they died of headache. Okay, <laughs> right, that's fine. Has that any, so, any has that ever been on anyone's death certificate? <laughs> died died of headache. headache. <laughs> I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> Say, like you get, I don't know, ten weeks down the line, and you've got another nine patients under your belt, mm-hmm. and they've all had headaches. Right. And you've gone for the, the Black & Decker again, or the Bosch or whatever you used back then, I don't know. Hang on. So has, has, has this doctor, this hypothetical doctor, used the same method each time on all nine of these, these patients? That he's yeah, got? right. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. They've used the, the hole in the head, and they've just absolutely dropped dead straight away. Because so obviously... All of, all of them. He's got a nine for nine patient murder rate. But he's always 10 for 10 at this point because he did the first one and he thought that was died of headache. He's done another True. nine. So at this point, he's got 100% 10 out of 10 record of died of headache. At that point, I know, I know again, these doctors probably weren't up to, you know, the modern standards of medicine, you know what we say, because they're drilling holes in people's heads. But at that point, would you not stop and think, is it the drill? <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a quaint observation. <laughs> Margaret, listen, I've done 10, right? 10 of them have come with headaches. And I thought, I've got this, right? Headache, use the drill, obviously, right? Yeah, of course. But get this, Why Margaret. Not? All 10 of them have died. And I'm beginning to think, is it the drill? <laughs> Again, this is from a period where people like rubbed arsenic on the skin and things like that because mm-hmm. that pale look was all the rage. I mean, if the pale look was all they wanted, get a headache, go to the doctor, you're going to be pale as anything in about a day. Exactly. Because he'll have drained you. <laughs> Colour will have just stripped from you in hours. Yeah. I guess yeah. it would be a case of... Um, there's no other alternatives, really, other than, I know, like, hitting them on the head with something, if that was maybe an instance. And in that case, how easy is it to get a PhD? How would you get a PhD? Can you imagine yeah. that? There's a practical examination. Uh, Bill here has got a headache. You've got a two-by-four. Show me what you do. <laughs> it's just a sheet of paper with, like, really crude sketches of different tools that you would use. Yeah. Like a... It's like multiple it choice. It's like an excerpt from Jigsaw's diary. <laughs> a is a hacksaw. B is a ball peen hammer. C is the drill. And D is a rubber mallet to be considerate. So you have to pick A, B, C, that's or D. For, that's for a paediatrician. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we've advanced in terms of, of medicine. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's not the case anymore. Do you know what? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't remember. I'll be honest. I can't actually remember how we got onto the headache and the drill topic. But it's going a little bit more off piste again. Was I googled not so long ago what an iron lung was because I I didn't really understand the concept of it and I knew it was, for want of a better phrase, fucking massive. 
it's the thing that like I don't know actually, um, and you'll be able to tell me here. But all I know is whenever I've seen on like TV shows or movies when someone said, "Oh, he's in an iron lung," is somebody in a giant like metal box? Yeah, it's absolutely huge. It's like well, it's like a big metal coffin that you poke your head out of the end. <laughs> Like a magician's trick box when they would sort of yeah, that's what it's, yeah, except the magic is medicine. <laughs> I think it's something to do with, again, I say I read it, I obviously didn't read it properly. I'm having a quick scan now. I'm sure it equalises pressure around, or does something with the pressure around your body. Right. And then it causes your abdomen to contract and expand, so, you kind of, so it kind of almost makes your body breathe. From what I understand, I think once you're in one, that's it. You're in it like for life. That's it. Um, and I think they were mainly used when people had polio. Mm. Um, and I don't think, obviously, because polio is not a thing anymore, right? Um, I, I don't think they used as much. I think they've come back a little bit and made a comeback because of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, they're a bit more in style. It's it's yeah. 2020's hottest medical apparatus. Iron <laughs> <Guy and> one. <laughs> yeah. They're doing a they're doing a comeback tour, I believe, worldwide. Um, yeah, so I, th- I, I, I googled what that was, and that was I, I remember just thinking that is a terrifying piece of medical equipment right there. Imagine that you you get so ill that you just get put in this thing that it's got to be awful, especially if that's it. If that's it for the till till the end, you're in there, just up and down, up and down. Oh, anyway, doctors and drills. <laughs> Mental. Um, indeed, absolutely. Radio rental. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I am. I'm trying to use that a little bit more now, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't seem to have taken off over here because because no one's got any frame of reference no. for radio rental. They don't know what Tandy is. No. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when when we were younger? There used to be an electronics retailer, but it was a a door-to-door, like an Avon-style retailer called Candy. They used to sponsor... Liverpool. I think they used to sponsor Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, in the 80s, yeah. So, I remember... Is that what that was? Yeah, it was I like I never a, knew. I'm sure... I say I'm sure. I think. <laughs> it, it, it's up there with your knowledge of iron lungs, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm as sure as the doctors are about the drills and about sure as I am with the iron lungs that Candy was some kind of, like, Avon-style... Uh, electrical retailer, except obviously it wasn't like someone having a fridge party or something like that, like right. Tupperware. Like, Margaret, don't do the dishes tonight. We're having a candy party. <laughs> He's bringing a dishwasher around. Well, I remember when I was when I was a, a child, um, there was a knock at the door, and I was like, who is it, who is it, who is it? And I think my mum said something like, oh, nothing, don't worry, it's only the candy man. Now, at the time, I'd never seen the film Candyman, right? So my frame of reference at that point was... <laughs> Holy shit! They're doing door-to-door sweets now. And I was, I was pumped. I was like, "Can we get something? Can we get something? Can we get something?" Can we get something? And then she explained what candy was, and I was just crushed. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like you here as a child, the candy. I mean, as an adult, it sounds terrifying and super menacing. The candy man's at the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, you it's don't have that candy man. <laughs> it's just giving out sweets. It's all right. Help yourself. But yeah, you can Where imagine all these come from. I <laughs> can imagine as a kid you think, oh great, sweets, and it's just like, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's selling like kettles. That was that was on a level with 
the ice cream man coming around and not having any money, and the video man, the video van, not coming around for one week. You had a video van? Oh, yeah. It, what, kind of like a pop man? Who would come around with, like a mobile blockbusters, but in like a... Yeah, yeah, a mobile blockbusters, yeah. They'd come around, you go in, have a... Whoa, 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 you mean you'd go in? What? And they'd have films on shelves, you'd rent a film off them, and then the next week they'd come back and you'd go and take it back. How big's his van? If he's, if he's housing shelves? It was the equivalent of, do you remember the mobile libraries that used to come to school? Yeah. It was it was that kind of side. It wasn't huge, but I mean, right. back in like the mid nineties, from what I remember, there weren't a lot of films anyway. <laughs> I, I just have images of of a guy who doesn't particularly look very reputable, just driving about in like a like a rusty old white transit van with like plastic boxes full of cassettes, like video cassettes. <laughs> they don't even have covers; they've just got the titles <laughs> scrolled on in like a pen. Not even like a sharpie, just like a big biro. It's just scribbled on like Candyman. It's like the guy from the pub he sold videos has gone mobile. He's like an entrepreneur right now. I'll come to your house, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, you know, Derek's taking his business on the road now. <laughs> every, every Friday, 6 o'clock, end of the street, one pound a video. Make sure you snap that tab off, though, because you don't want to record over it. That's amazing. I wish I had that. I wish mm. I had a video, man. Yeah, um, you used to be able to rent um, computer games off them as well, like Mega Drive games and stuff as well. Yeah. We used to have um, a, a shop where you could do that. It was just stationary. It was called London Road Stores. And is where I used to, rather as a kid, rather than just buy games, I would tend to rent them. And mm. I even did it when I was a teenager as well um, at a place called Global Video, which is sadly... Global Video. Oh, oh Global Video. I mean, oh. Was that just a northern brand as well? Because I don't really know many people that know Global Video. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean this is, there was more than one? Yeah, there was one in Chorley. Oh, because I always just thought it was, like, local to the point that it was <laughs> one guy who'd set up shopping Carlisle. <laughs> How can I make this sound like a massive brand? You know, really global. <laughs> I've got it. Global video. <laughs> this, is, this is literally blowing my mind, because <laughs> all, the, all the years I've been alive... All the years I spent just browsing through the shelves and just renting the most random things just based on over the description of the cover without ever, ever seeing a trailer or knowing anything. Which, by the way, anybody that is under a certain age listening to this, you missed out on this. You think you've got it all now with your Netflix and your instant VOD streaming. Mm -hmm. Bollocks. The best thing was going into a video store, looking at something, having no idea what it was, going, that cover looks scary as hell. I'll have that. Yeah. And taking it home, finding it was pretty crap. And then, despite your disappointment, you still go back and you do the same thing next week. Do you not think, because you had that commitment of, again, like you didn't have to keep it for a week, you could have gone back and taken it back the next day and got another film, but like, you'd spend your £3.50, it was, it was a premium title. It wasn't the £1 for five days. This was £3.50 for, for five days. This was like a new release. Even if you yeah. hated that film, you still enjoyed it because you'd pay three fifty, and it was like, this is the only film I've got now for the next week. I've got to watch it. Exactly. And there would be instances where I get films that I really didn't care for at all, but I would watch it a second time because yeah. you've got it for the week and you've just yeah. got, well, it's, I'm, I'm basically getting twice my money's worth. Yeah. I'm making I'm, I'm money. basically, I'm basically getting a film for one seventy five. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fooling them. Looks on you, global video. But that's, that's blowing my mind. The fact that there was more than one, I just always presumed until until now that um it was just one local business guy who yeah. set up a shop with great ambition 
to call it global video in the hopes that it would take off one day. But yeah, I didn't I didn't know there was more than one. Yeah, apparently they were centred or concentrated, sorry, in Scotland and the north of England. So they were just in the, the north. I, it started in Glasgow. Hang on, have you just Googled this? Oh yeah, I need I needed to know this. Couldn't let this go. All right. <laughs> and ironically changed its name before administration to Global DVD. That's what killed it. Exactly. That's what killed it. <laughs> it's a good job it stopped there because it probably would have changed its name to Global HD DVD. Yeah, just, just for like a week absolutely. and a half and then it went to Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> global streaming and then it shut. We've got to stop this, lads. We've got to just decide on a name. Let's just stick with global <laughs> film. <laughs> Tells people exactly what it is without sticking and dedicating ourselves to a particular format. Global media consumption. Yeah, global laser disc. Oh my god, can you imagine that? I'm just gonna carry this laser disc home. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ, it's the three disc special edition. Imagine Lord of the Rings, like in the ten disc edition on laser disc. Laser disc. <laughs> You imagine that you'd have a separate house for it, wouldn't you? The video guy would only be able to stock that and that alone. Mm. He'd only be able to do one rental a yeah. week. What's in the trailer? Oh, it's just Lord of the Rings on bloody Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm renting it for a premium price, though. Five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. Five pounds. Two weeks. Bargain. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's blowing my mind. Yeah. Global video. Video man. All the mod cons. Yeah, we never got a video, man. I wish we did. The closest we got was what we called the pop men. Oh, yeah, the pop men. And it used, to, it, it used to sell... I've heard of it being referred to as something else. Um, it's not the tardy man. It's um, something with a T. T-man. Some, I, I can't think now. I'm not going to even try and rack my brain. <laughs> but, yeah, for, for, <laughs> for international listeners who never had the... Uh, I say international, like I'm expecting people in Peru to listen to this... <laughs> For those of yeah. you who were deprived, yeah, because because at this point, you know, after mentioning global video, everyone was totally engaged and <laughs> up to speed. Right. <laughs> but we've lost them at pop man. <laughs> there are people who live in Britain who haven't a clue what we're talking about. How am I expecting the people in Peru to be like, oh yeah, global video, sure, pop man? Oh, I remember them days. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone on the other side of the North South divide's like, what on earth is happening here? <laughs> but the pot man was great. It used to come around um with, with different soft drinks, in, always in glass bottles. Yeah. And then you would um you'd you'd, you'd hand them back. Zero Obviously waste. you'd wash them out. Yeah. Ahead of his time. It was like a mobile soda stream, wasn't he? Kind of, yeah. But with a little bit more aggravation. Yeah. Have you got any sarsaparilla? Yes. Can I have one then? This is really hostile. Yeah, I mean, do you know what the, the pot man? When you think back, it was dirt cheap as well because it was like you got it was like liter and a half bottles of mm-hmm. something, and it was like a quid. And then if you got two, it'd be like, well, that's fifty p then each. And you're like, are you making money, mate? <laughs> Where are your price structures? Add that to your rental from Global Video. What a cheap weekend! Exactly. The only thing you didn't get from Global though was the popcorn because that's where they made the money. On the concession. But that's where they always make the money. Cinemas do. Cinemas make no money from tickets. Mm. That's what I was told anyway when I used to work in a cinema. I was always told to upsell concessions. Yeah. Always get people to buy the the, the biggest of whatever they wanted um, because that's where they make the money. Ticket just it barely covered the cost of, of rentals. Um, yeah, because you, re- you rent the, the hard drive, don't you? Well, you do now. You didn't when I was there. Back in the really day. show my age. Yeah, before they went digital. <laughs> when it was actually projected. 
I used to work with, and this is the only person I've ever met that suffered from narcolepsy, was a guy called Johnny, who was um, an apprentice projectionist back in the days before the high drives. <laughs> and he used to thread it through and, and reel it on and, and all that good stuff. He was an apprentice projectionist, and he uh, would sit every shift he would do with either one of the two main projectionists that worked there. Mm. And he'd watch and he'd learn and stuff, and as an apprentice does. Uh, but one day, the guy that was supposed to be doing it, one of the head projectionists, uh, called in sick, and Johnny was there by himself. But he'd known enough at the time to do it, mm. for the, well, at least for the manager to be like, it's, it's all right, we feel like Johnny's done enough hours, what have you. But Johnny never told anyone that he had narcolepsy at the time. When he applied for the job, he never wrote it down. And he's left on his own to do... It was a screening for... It wasn't um, Master and Commander because that's the film I accidentally interrupted by switching the lights on chasing kids that were screen hopping. It wasn't that. But it was something like that. It was like a historical thing. It might have been Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Anyway, Johnny's doing the projection. Everything's going fine until one of the real changes comes on. And at this point, he's fallen asleep. And so it just (laughs) skips and skips and skips and skips and you hear just sound like the walkie-talkie what's going on in screen four it's johnny 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 (laughs) (laughs) um i i don't i don't think he he, um he came back shortly after that i think like they they had him take some time off and then i just don't think he ever came back but that was that was great So there you go, that is part one of me talking to Sean. I did tell you it was going to be a mixed bag, right? A whole spectrum of stuff in there. Some really interesting stuff, some really random side tangents, which came from absolutely, well, nowhere, to be honest. Um, But yeah, an absolute joy, as is going to be the case with next week's episode. And to give you a little sample platter for what you can expect in part two, we're talking about new hobbies that Sean has found during quarantine, including woodworking, teaching himself woodworking from scratch, which is beyond impressive. Just going to say beyond impressive, partly because I am just absolutely useless at anything practical. So I'm kind of in awe of anyone that can teach themselves any sort of physical skill. Next week, I am also going to be introducing the random topic list. It's something I've been putting together for a little while now. And again, Sean is going to be the guinea pig with that. He's going to pick a couple of random topics and uh, we're going to just go with that and see what he has to say about those. Of course, I'm not going to tell you what those are, because you've got to tune in next week to find out what those random topics are. Of course, the best and easiest way, let's be honest, the easiest way to get next week's episode and every episode that follows it is to subscribe via whatever podcast platform you use to get your podcasts. Also, it helps us tremendously when you subscribe. It's great to have you on board, and it helps us with the old internet magic and alchemy and algorithms and stuff like that as does by the way if you are wanting to help out the show ratings and reviews yeah if you have enjoyed the show so far and you want to help us out one of the best ways you can do so is giving us a rating and a review if your podcast platform allows you to do so most of them do i think so really really there's no excuse is there Other ways that you can help out the show if you're not wanting to leave a rating and a review, then you can simply just tell people about the show. Share the links on your social meds. 
on your Twitters, on your Instagrams, on your Facebooks, on your TikToks. Why not? I would like to see some people do some TikTok videos promoting the show. That is like an end goal. I think it's just uh, some creative free marketing from people on TikTok. That is the end goal. <laughs> it's never going to happen, but you can always dream, right? You can always dream. If you're not quite willing to do that just yet, if you're not quite ready for that just yet, there are other ways. One of which is recently I set up a coffee page. That's ko-fi. If you go to ko-fi.com, you'll see what I mean. Or even better, if you go to the official Dimed Out website, which is dimed-out.com, where you can get all the podcasts, all the show notes for everything. Everything you could ever want for the show is on there, including a link to our coffee page, where you can, if you want, emphasis on the if you want. This is not mandatory. It is certainly not expected. But if you want to throw a few pennies our way for hosting costs to get better equipment or to just say, hey, I like this. I like this about the monetary value of, say, a packet of Flaming Hot Monster Munch or a cup of tomato soup or a Kit Kat Chunky out of a hospital vending machine or maybe all three you you maybe like it as much as all three combined fiscally which would be about I don't know two pounds fifty which is about just over four dollars I think I don't know I'm not here to work out your currency conversions anyway if you enjoy the show and you want to contribute something and again it's if you want there is no expectation there is zero demand but you can do so and as I said, the best way to do that and to find everything related to the show is over at dimed-out.com. That's the website, that's where everything is, and it's where everything you could ever possibly dream of doesn't exist. And on that note, I'm going to wrap this episode up. This has been episode 11, the first of two parts. Next week, again, we're going to be back with Sean, as I said, talking about woodwork. We're going to be talking about... Um, random topics i almost told you what they were but i'm not going to because you have to tune in to find out but i promise you they are definitely definitely worth it uh so yeah thank you for listening as always be sure to check out next week subscribe get in touch say hey throw in your ideas for future episodes let me know what you're liking what you're not liking but if you're going to do that be nice about it right because you know i have a very delicate sensibility until next time look after yourselves look after each other and keep it dimed out.